Welcome to Tardi Mechanachiomi. My name is Adina Schmidman. I invite you to join the OU Women's Initiative live in person in Israel on Friday, January 20th for a street photography tour in the Old City and a full day tour with Rabbi Nit Shani Targan on Monday, January 23rd. Sign up at ou.org slash women slash nach 23, ou.org slash women slash nach 23. Stay tuned for other Sifrei Nevi'im CM programming and the launch of Sifrei Suvim and Tehillim. And now for today's Perak. Welcome to Torah Imecha Nach Yomi with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Sarah Shafrin and today we will be studying Sefer Nachum Perak Aleph. Before we look at the text of Sefer Nachum, let's ask, who was Nachum? Nachum was the disciple of Yoah Hanavi, and he gave his nevuah during the time of Menashe, king of Yehuda, about 70 years before the destruction of the first beast HaMikdash. Menashe is not mentioned in the Navi, so that Nachum, the holy Navi, would not be associated with Menashe, the wicked king. As a reminder, Menashe, the son of Chizkiyahu, ruled for 55 years and was evil, despite the fact that he was married to Yoshiahu's daughter. He paid taxes to Ashura and allowed the culture of Ashura to take over the kingdom of Yehuda. He built Bamot for Avodah Zarah all over the land. He brought Avodah Zarah into the base of Mikdash, and he filled Yerushalayim end to end with the innocent blood he shed. Menashe was under the complete control of Ashur, political, spiritual, and financial. There is a story about Menashe that is recorded in Divrei Yamim B's Perak Lamed Gimel. I am quoting now from Divrei Yamim. Vaydaber Hashem el Menashe ve'elamo ve'lo hikshivu. Hashem spoke to Menashe and his nation, and they didn't listen. And Hashem brought the officers of the army of the king of Ashur to Menashe. They captured Menashe in manacles and tortured him with copper thorns. And when he was really being tortured, he dove into Hashem as God and he submitted himself. A lot. He did tshuva. And Hashem answered Menashe and heard his pleading, and he brought him back to his kingdom and his throne, and Menashe knew that Hashem was God. He took away the sun-worshipping disc from the Kodesh Kadashim, and he took away the Bamot for Avodah Zarah, and he reinstalled the Mizbeach in the Beis HaMikdash. The people still brought Korbanos on Bamot, but did not worship idols. There was a lot of emphasis on Menashe's tefillah, and that Hashem answers him. However, the Gemara in Sanhedrin says that Menashe, is one of the three kings who lost his chilek in Olam Haba, despite his tshuva. Why did he lose his chilek in Olam Haba? He had spread Avodah so thoroughly in the kingdom of Yehuda that it led to the eventual destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. The people were never able to turn from the influence of Menashe, despite his grandson Yoshiahu's efforts. So, now we have some context for the time during which Nachum gave his nevuah. The northern kingdom has already been exiled by Ashur, and the southern kingdom is under strong influence and control by Ashur. Now let us look at Nachum's Nevuah. Sefer Nachum is the only prophetic work to be referred to in Tanakh as a book. In Pasuk Aleph it says, Masa Ninve Sefer Chazon, Nachum Ha'elkoshi. Why is it called Sefer Chazon? Abarbanel says that this indicates that Nachum did not travel to Ninveh. He did not publicly proclaim his Nevuah in the capital of Ashur. He wrote it in a book and sent it to the people. By the way, this now takes away the image I was building up in my mind of Nachum standing on a rock in Israel and calling out his nevuah. Do the people of Israel know about Nachum's nevuah, about the destruction of Ashur, while they were busy worshipping the Avodah Zarah in the fashion of Ashur? 
Or is this prophecy really meant for us, the later generations of Bnei Israel, if not for the Jewish people of the time? How is Sefer Nachum meaningful for us today? The main goal of Nachum's prophecy is to describe the destruction of Nineveh, the capital of the empire of Ashur. Nineveh was destroyed in 612 BCE, so this nevuah took place sometime before then. Nachum's nevuah focuses on Ashur and is not directed toward Am Yisrael. You've probably been waiting for this since you heard me mention Nineveh so many times. Where do we remember Nineveh from? Sefer Nachum is only understood in context and in connection with Sefer Yonah. Nachum completes a cycle of nevuah that began with Yonah. When did Yonah's nevuah take place? Yonah was a navi during the time of Yehoram, son of Ahab, roughly 852 BCE. The northern kingdom of Israel was exiled and destroyed by Ashur in 722 BCE, around 80 years later. Approximately 100 years passed until the destruction of Ashur, around 600 BCE. Yonah only foresaw that Ashur would be saved and eventually destroy Malchus Yisrael, which is why Yonah did not want to bring them the Nevuah and help them be saved. Yonah did not foresee that Ashur would eventually be completely destroyed by Bavel. Yonah was sent to Ninveh, the capital of Ashur, before Ashur became a major power force in the area. Yonah was the one who got Ninveh to do tshuva to avoid immediate destruction, which eventually allowed them to become the Rod of God, the messenger of God to punish Bnei Yisrael. Ashur rose to become a huge superpower in the time of Chizkiyahu. They maintained the power of the empire even after the destruction of Sanchirev and his army. Two powerful kings who followed Sanchirev were Isarhadan and Asarbat Banapal. These two kings maintained a strong empire. At the time of Yoshiahu, the great-grandson of Chizkiyahu, Ashur suffered its major and final defeat and was taken over by Bavel. In Perak Aleph, Pasuk Aleph, it states, as we said before, Masa Ninveh Sefer Chazon Nachum HaElkoshi, a pronouncement on Ninveh, the book of the prophecy of Nachum the Elkoshi. Masa Ninveh translates as the burden of Ninveh. For the Navi, this is a burden because he's giving over a difficult message related to punishment. Nachum identifies himself as coming from the city of Elkosh, which we do not know much about. Targum Yonason says that figuratively speaking, Nachum is holding a burden of the cup of punishment to give to Ninveh to drink. The metaphor of drinking the cup of punishment or drinking the cup of Yeshua is discussed in Yermiyahu in the context of not only receiving it, but internalizing it. At first we heard the nevuah of Yonah and he demanded that Ninveh do tshuva. And here, because they continued to sin, Nachum gives a nevuah of the punishment we see written in this book. Here we see that Hashem will help Bnei Yisrael by punishing their enemies. Hashem struck Ashur three times. Strike one was in the time of Chizkiyahu, when Sanchirev was destroyed outside the walls of Yerushalayim. This was a miraculous event and a terrible setback for Ashur. The army was later on rebuilt, so it was not a complete destruction. Strike two was in the time of Menashe. The river Chidekel, the Tigris River, flooded and caused a lot of destruction and damage to the city of Nineveh. Prior to this flood, the king, Ashurbanipal, the grandson of Sanchirev, had a lot of confidence. He drank a lot and was lazy. He asked his fortune tellers if he would be successful. They said, if the river Chidekel overflows, it is an ominous sign that the downfall of Ashur is coming. When this flood actually happened, while the king was in his palace partying and drinking, the king realized that he had misled his people and he had given them false confidence about their strength. He ordered a pyre to be built and he set his palace on fire with his entire family inside. This flood and the subsequent fire are referred to in the text of Nachum. Strike three is in the times of Melech Yoshiahu and Yermiyahu Anavi, when Bavel was very strong and Mitzrayim tried to ally with Ashur and destroy Bavel. 
and the army of Babel completely decimated the army of Ashur in a city called Karkamish, likely nowadays southern Turkey. As the Psukim continue, listen to the rhythm and cadence of the Hebrew. Much of it is lost in the translation, but the poetic language and the melodious, at times, elegiac movement of the flow of the words is quite moving to hear. Listen for it as we go through the Psukim of this short parak in Hebrew. Pasuk Beis reads, Kel kano v'nokem Hashem, nokem Hashem uval chema, nokem Hashem letzarav, v'noter hu le'oivav. Hashem is a passionate, avenging God. Hashem is vengeful and fierce in wrath. Hashem takes vengeance on his enemies. He rages against his foes. Why is the word no came, referring to Hashem's vengeance, repeated three times in this Pasuk? Malbim gives two reasons. Number one, as we already said, there were three major strikes against Ashur before they were finally destroyed completely. Number two, when the king of Ashur exiled Malchus Yisrael, he came in three waves. One time he exiled one group of Shvatim, the next time a few more, and the third time he completed the exile of all ten Shvatim. Hashem took Nakama for each of these three times. Pasuk Gimel, Hashem erech apayim ugdal koach v'nakei lo yenakeh. Hashem b'sufa uv'sa'ara darko v'anan avak raglov. Hashem is slow to anger and of great forbearance, but Hashem does not remit all punishment. He travels in a whirlwind and storm, and clouds are the dust on his feet. We have recognized this language of the Pasuk as a reference to the Yod Gimomidos of Hashem that are usually related to God forgiving us. How does Nachum use them? Hashem has been slow to anger toward Ninveh since the time of Yonah. At that time, they did tshuva for Hamas, which refers to violence or sins against each other. They repaid that which they stole, etc. They did tshuva for sins against each other, but not for sins against God. They continued to worship idols and bring disrespect to the honor of Hashem. Hashem gave them a chance and was slow to anger with regard to his honor. He was only going to destroy them immediately, in 40 days, regarding the Hamas, the danger they were causing to other human beings. But now that they have not stopped bringing dishonor to the name of Hashem, Hashem is lo yinakeh. He will not wipe the slate clean. Hashem eventually destroyed the city of Nineveh. Other Nevi'im and Treyasar discussed the Midos of Hashem. When Hashem gave Moshe Rabbeinu the second Luchos, he listed the Yudgimel Midos. Each of these Midos is highlighted somewhere in Treyasar. Yoel, Yona, Micha, and now Nachum each emphasized some of the Midos of Hashem. The Nevi'im are highlighting and explaining these Midos to us. Pasagimel continues, Hashem b'sufav sa'ara darkova ananavakrag love. Hashem is in a storm and a tempest, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. This refers to the fact that Hashem operates within nature. Storms are one of the ways Hashem can exact punishment. Pasak Dalit says, Go air bayam bayabshehu, v'chol hanaharot hechariv, umlal bashan v'charmel, huferach lavanon umlal. He rebukes the sea and dries it up. He makes all the rivers fail. Bashan and Carmel languish and the blossoms of Lebanon wither. Just as Hashem can make a storm and a tempest, Hashem can also take away the water, and everything will dry up and die. Pasakei, Harim ra'ashu mimenu, v'hagva'oz hismogagu, v'atisah ha'aretz mipanav, v'sevel v'chol yoshveva. The mountains quake because of him, and the hills melt. The earth heaves, or melts, before him the world and all that dwell therein. A mountain seems like it cannot be moved. According to Rashi, this is a metaphor for her king, who thinks he is as strong as a mountain. Hashem can make a mountain shake at his will. 
Vatisaharet has various explanations according to different opinions, but Radak says it means the land will burn or smolder after a fiery destruction, which connects with the next Pasuk, Pasuk Vav. Who can stand before his wrath? Who can resist his fury? His anger pours out like fire, and rocks are shattered because of him. In reference to the aforementioned patience of God, where he, so to speak, holds in his anger and does not punish right away, here we see that once Hashem's anger is released, it pours out like fire, almost like a volcano erupting. Pasuk Zion, Tov Hashem lamaoz biyom tzara Hashem is good to those who are strong in their connection to Him, a haven on the day of distress. He is mindful of those who seek refuge in Him. As the imagery of destructive events in nature, like floods and volcanoes, builds up in the text, you can imagine an individual in the middle of the lava on the ground around him, and he is holding on to the top of a strong pole or tower. Or as the flood rushes by, he is holding on to a tower. This image conveys a man of faith. Hashem will save the tzaddik. What a beautiful message of reassurance to us in the middle of this parak full of destruction and the metaphor of a life experience feeling like a flood around you and you are holding on to a pole to save yourself. That pole is your faith. If you are among the chosevo, among the people who truly seek refuge in Hashem, then Hashem will be good to you. And not only are you someone who seeks refuge in God, but you are a tzaddik. For where else do we see the word oz? Ibn Ezra makes a connection to Sefer Mishlei in his comments on this Pasuk and says that the word ma'oz can be compared to migdal oz. In Sefer Mishlei it says, Migdal oz shem Hashem bo yarut tzadik v'neskav. The name of Hashem is a tower of strength to which the righteous man runs and is safe. In the middle of this parak, Nachum reminds us that even if the world is being destroyed around you, if you have faith in Hashem, He can save you no matter what kind of distress is in the world. What an amazing Pasuk! Pesukim Ches, Tess, and Yod refer to the flood that caused Asher Banapal to burn himself, his wife, and his children in a pyre in his palace, as referenced earlier. And with a sweeping flood, he makes an end to those who oppose him, and he chases his enemies into darkness. Why will you plot against Hashem? He wreaks utter destruction. No adversary opposes him twice. For like men besotted with drink, they are burned up like tangled thorns, like straw that is thoroughly dried. Pasuk Yeralef. From you, Ashur, came someone who thought negatively towards Hashem, an advisor with evil intentions. Who is this Pasuk referring to? Someone who personifies arrogance, who did not only challenge the nations around him, but he challenged God himself. Who is it? It is Sancheirev. Sancheirev conquered all of Malchus Yisrael. He came into Malchus Yehuda and conquered city after city. He finally decided to challenge and try to conquer Yerushalayim. But the nature of his fight with Yerushalayim was not only against the people, but rather against Hashem as well. This story appears in Sefer Malachim and in Sefer Yeshayahu. Sancheirev had heard that Yeshayahu was saying to Chizkiyahu Melech Yehuda that Hashem will not give over the city of Yerushalayim to Ashur. 
Sanchirev sent a message to Chizkiyahu. Kosomun al Chizkiyahu melech Yehuda lemor. Al Yisiyacho alokecha asher ataboteach bo lemor. Lo sinas en Yerushalayim biyad melech Ashur. Don't let your God that you trusted mislead you. Hinei atashamata atasher asum alchei Ashur lechol haaratzot lahacharimam v'atatinat sel. I'm sure you have heard what the kings of Ashur did to the nations around you. Did the gods of the other nations that we conquered save them? What makes you think that you are any different? The message went on and said, Look around you, Chizkiyahu. Where are those kings? They have been moved and destroyed by us, by Ashur, by my fathers before me and me. Remember, the philosophy of the kingdom of Ashur was to move the people out of their country and cause them to lose their culture, their language, their religion, etc. This is how they would totally conquer the nations. This is what they did to the ten tribes. Chizkiyahu took the scroll from Sancheirev and went to the base of Mikdash and davened to Hashem. He said, I know that what Sancheirev is saying is true, but please, Hashem, save us. Then all the nations of the world will know that you are the one true God. Yeshayahu comes to Chizkiyahu and says, Hashem has heard you. And now Yeshayahu addresses Sancheirev. The unconquered city of Zion is mocking you. She's shaking her head and saying, uh-uh, it's not going to happen. Whom do you think you are cursing? Whom do you think you are challenging? Hashem! In the hands of your messengers, you have blasphemed the master of the world. You said, with my many chariots, I've been able to go up against the highest mountains and even the Lebanon, which is considered the base of Mikdash. I'm going to cut down the heights of its cedar trees, the Kohanim, and the best of his cypresses, the national leaders. And I came to the final resting place of Hashem, the Kodesh Kodashim. And every time I dig, I get water. I get whatever I want. And any time I want, I can dry up the water that surrounds any city I want to conquer. Hashem answers you and says, I am the one who created all of this. I will bring it about that your fortified cities will become unpopulated and upturned from destruction. I will leave all the cities desolate. And because of your arrogance, Sancherov, I will put a ring in your nose and a bridle in your mouth and bring you back on the road that you came on. You will not come to this city. You will not be able to get over the walls of the city. I will protect this city for my sake. When Sancherov did come to attack Yerushalayim, Hashem brought a plague to the camp and they killed 180,000 men in the camp. When the people of Yerushalayim woke up in the morning, they saw the entire army laying dead outside of Yerushalayim. And this brings us to the final Pasuk of Parak Aleph, Pasuk Yodalad. V'tziva alecha Hashem lo yizara mishim ha'od mibes alokecha achris pesalu masecha hasim kivrecha ki kalos. And Hashem will command upon you. No posterity shall continue from your name. I will do away with the carved and graven images in the temples of your gods. I will make your grave according to your worthlessness. To what does this Pasuk refer? According to Radak, Sanchirov was murdered while he was praying in his temple of Misroch by his sons, Adramelech and Sarezer, who subsequently fled to the land of Ararat. Sanchirov had put idols of himself in the temple, but once he was murdered, the temple was abandoned. The line of Sanchirov ended in disgrace, and the idols were removed. This humiliating end and downfall was punishment for the way Sanchirov derided Hashem. In his poetic fashion, Nachum gives a foreboding and ominous nevuah about the unavoidable future of Ashur, while at the same time he sprinkles in a few powerful words of strength to us, Am Yisrael. Thank you for studying together, Le'iloi Nishmas, Riva Bat Alexander Sender.